Okay, today uh, I've chosen subjects not very relevant, probably can't relate. Worry. How many of you worry? Let's just go ahead and be honest. We're in the house of God. How many of you worry? Yeah, man, you're just worried. I mean, man, did anybody ever call you a worry wart when you were growing up? I mean, I, I, or now? Yeah, now. I know I used to be called that, and, and I don't worry near as much. Since I kind of know Christ, he's given me a lot of peace. But I'm going to be honest, I, I now get concerned. That's the spiritual answer. The truth is, I, I, I still worry some. I, it's a sin, and I, I'm working on it. And I do a lot better, and, and Jesus just calls you and I to, to throw it on him and cast our cares because he, on him because he cares for us. And I find myself doing a lot more of that today than I've ever done. So there's a lot more peace. Uh, we're going to walk through some very practical things today. I want to give you the facts, though, about worry. You've probably heard this before, but I think it'll help us. 45% of what we worry about never happens. And then 30% of it is kind of like in the past. We, what we worry about has happened in the past to us. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. How dumb is that? It's already happened, but we're still worried about it. 12% are needless health concerns because we think we got the disease. And, and let me tell you, we live in a society now, we're hypochondriacs. We diagnose ourselves. I feel sorry for doctors today. You walk in and go, here's what's wrong with me. Like, do you have a medical degree? Well, no, but I looked it up on the Internet. Okay. And then... Uh, 10% of what we worry about is just simply petty issues, and they don't really matter. And 8% of what we worry about actually happens. But half of the 8% are actually out of our control. There's nothing we can do about. So <laughs> legitimately, there's only 4% out of 100% that you could really worry about that would make any sense. But you see, right now, some of you are worried about if you got the right 4% you're worried about. I thought it was funnier, but anyway, okay. So, man, here's the thing. Just chill. I'm, I'm not going to tell you to go take a pill. I'm just going to say, man, let's find out what God has to say about this subject called worry and what he wants us to do. Forty million people say they have anxiety disorders. Or they're worried. They're worried about politics. They're worried about what our president does or doesn't do. Like, don't even get me on that one today. They're worried about the economy. They're worried about a job. They're worried about their health. They're worried about their house. They're worried about their kids. They're worried about their pets. They're worried about relationships. They're worried about school. <coughs> Excuse me. They're, they're just worried about everything. So did I, did, I hit any, did I nail anybody? Did I nail any situation that some of you are concerned about today? That's what I thought. Okay. Look what Joyce Meyer said right there at the very top of your worship guide. I like how Joyce, she comes on. I, I think she comes on every hour of the day. There ought to be a Joyce Meyer satellite because, I mean, every time I turn it on, I mean, she's on, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, doesn't matter. Here's what she says. Worry is a down payment on a problem you may never have. Mm, that's pretty good. But listen to what Corey Ten Boone said, the woman that had that amazing ministry to the Germans. She says, worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. In other words, when you and I get caught up and we get uh, enamored with anxiety or we're worried about all these things, we, we, we just kind of drift into a, 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 a pit and it's really tough. So we, we battle anxiety. In the Greek, the words marizo. And in this, it means to divide, to have an undivided loyalty. Somewhere between a worldly attitude and biblical precepts, we, we battle. That is, if we're Christian. If we're Christian, we don't even have God's perspective, but we just get caught up. We, uh, to worry means that we get pulled in uh, a different direction. We, we get distracted. We get pulled away. But this morning, what I want you to do with me is I want you to open your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew. Can you do that? Turn over to Matthew chapter 6. And I want us to stand. 
because in verse 24 and some verses to follow, I'm going to hold these out to you. Ready? Stand with me. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 24. I'm going to read for the NLT today. New Living Translation. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. That is why I tell you, not to worry. When you sit back down a minute, you might circle all kinds of word worries in this passage. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food, you drink, or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Now you can be seated. You, you know this passage. If, if, if you've been a Christ follower for any number of years, or if you've ever been in the church, you've, you've probably read this. It's my favorite text. There's a lot of passages about worry and anxiety all through the scripture. But this is probably my favorite one when you look there. And uh, there's nothing that competes for our affections like money. Would you agree? I mean, our affections, worry is very emotional. And it can really work you up or work you down. Usually it works you up and it gets you off, you know, and you get ugly and you get short with people and you just stress out and you stress people out. So your loyalties get divided. And in this government, in, in a time there of Rome, they, they were concerned. They, they wanted a, uh, they, they had need and they wanted an economic savior. But God had promised a Messiah and that he would come. So the anxiety is the, is the mark of a life that's preoccupied with material things. When we get overly obsessed or focused on the goods of this world, we worry. Because maybe we don't have them or maybe we're going to worry we're going to lose them. Like they're going to come get our house. They're going to come get our car. They're going to come get our kids. I don't think they'll come get our kids. But they're going to they're come get us. They're going to they're come get something. So I, I want to say it this way. The first blank. Refuse to worry. Refuse. In every to worry. life we have some trouble. Mm. But when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Come on, sing it. Be happy. Yeah. Isn't that a foolish song? Yeah, I can't sing today, but can't sing on a good day. Yeah, I mean, doesn't that just make you happy now? I want you to do. I've sang that song through the years, and man, it, it just, you know, you just kind of get happy on the inside. But I want you to listen to the words. Don't worry, be happy. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing if note for note. Don't worry, be happy. In every life, we have some trouble. When you worry, you make it double. Don't worry, be happy. Now, listen to this. This next line is stupidity. Ain't got no place to lay your head. Somebody came and took your bed. Don't worry. Be happy. I want you to think about that. 
if I ain't got nowhere to lay my head, I'm going to get concerned. You know what I'm saying? He said, the landlord say your rent is late. He may have to litigate. Must have been an attorney. Don't worry. Be happy. Look at me and I'm happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Here, I give you my phone number. When you worry, call me. I'll make you happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Ain't got no cash. Ain't got no style. Ain't got no girl to make you smile. I mean, this guy is depressing. And, and, and this ain't my Jesus, you know what I'm saying? But that song, I mean, I don't want to make it the new anthem of the church or anything, but I mean, but, but the thing was, everybody in the room knew that song. You're like, oh, no. And you know, here's what I've done. It's going to be in your head all day long. So we're going to play it for you on the way out. Okay, so, not really. We're going to close with this great song that's going to get us on that name, on the name of Jesus. So here it is, write it down, number one. Refuse to worry. Did it already come up? There you go. Refuse to worry. Just don't worry. And here in Matthew 6, 25, the scripture says, Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, about what you eat or what you drink or about your body. What you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Refuse to worry. It, 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 it's, it's uh, you know, I could give you all these scriptures right down the, to the side, Proverbs 16, 9. They're worried here about food and clothes and life. But you know what? We don't really worry a lot about food. I mean, there might be some of you in the room that have, have had a little hard time with food. And I'm grateful we have a church that has a food pantry over in the theater. And we've helped a lot of folks and we want to help a lot more. So pretty much in, around here, at least in our, I'm, I'm not saying we don't have poverty and we don't have people that don't have something to eat. But pretty much we're able to get some food to people. And when we worry about clothes, let's just be honest. In this room, probably most of you aren't worried about clothes. You're worried about not having something new. Yeah, you see, you knew exactly what I was going to say. Something new. You know, we go up to our closet. I mean, I'm ashamed. I go to my closet and I look. And look at all these clothes. And how dare me ever say, I ain't got nothing to wear. Man, I got so many clothes, I could clothe a whole bunch of people. You know, and how about you, church? Did you do that? So, but we worry about where we live and we worry about our clothes and we're worried about what we're going to eat. And he says here, refuse to worry. Worry means paying attention to what I can't change. But you know, God wants to come and he wants to say, I want your affections, your devotions to be focused on me. I want you to set your mind on things above. And I want to guard your heart and your mind with peace. We'll come back to that in a minute. So it just, when we worry let me get you to write this side margin. When you and I worry, it displaces God from his rightful reign on the throne of heaven. When we worry, it displaces God from ruling on the throne of our heart. And also when we worry, it distracts you and I from the important. Because worrying, I remember that time I read, worrying is just like a rocking chair. All you do is you create a lot of motion, but you never go anywhere. And over the years, I, I love the elliptical, but I used to ride a lot of stationary bikes. And I've ridden that thing probably thousands of miles. And the thing is, I never left the room. I mean, right there in the same room. Yesterday, Jeremy and Adam competed in this uh, uh, triathlon half deal. I mean, they ran, they swam, they biked. They're heroes, you know what I mean? They're athletes, man. What specimens of health. And we went out there to cheer them on. And, and I got to thinking, and, you know, in runs, they put, your, uh, they put your age right across the calf muscle. So I think next weekend, I want you to come in with your age right here across your calf. I want all women to wear skirts next weekend, and we'll go, whoo, that's a young woman, that's an old woman. No, I don't want us to do that. <laughs> and then us guys, I want us to write our numbers, and I want us to put our age on our, we'll cut our sleeves out of our shirt, and we'll have them down our arms. What do you think? I hope not. Please don't do that, Okay. We would be the first redneck for Jesus. Okay, all right, so <laughs> refuse to worry. I'll start worrying if you do that, okay? Now, let's go to the next point. 
refocus your thoughts. Refuse to worry, now refocus your thoughts. And uh, as I think about that, in, in Matthew, he says, and, and there's that passage that we memorized so early on as a Christ follower, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all the other stuff is added all the other stuff works out but seek him pursue god be devoted surrender yield afresh yield continually but lord i want to focus my thoughts on the matter of the eternal kingdom and when you and i do that in worship and we do it in our quiet times and we do it in life we win but when we allow worry to come in and set up a rightful or its place we forfeit the peace of christ so we need to begin to strip off uh, these negative expectations. We need to begin to chew on truth. We need to begin to highlight the Word of God. We need the Holy Spirit to be our highlighter. And the Holy Spirit highlights our heart, and He shows us what truth is. And we begin to say, God, I want to have a renewed mind, a transformed mind, as we talked about weeks ago. And we begin to focus on the things of the kingdom. Another way, let me just get you a, a side margin get in community i'm always encouraging you to get in community with other believers when you get in isolation you tend to worry more when you get with other believers and, and they can begin to uh carry your burdens the bible says carry one another's burdens as you fulfill the law of christ i find when i'm going through a hard time i want other people to shoulder how about you church how about you church but so many people are like ah, no, i am man i am woman hear me roar that was hell already anyway and uh and I'm invincible. Man, that's, that's stupidity. Man, you need one another. Have you ever been through a hard time and you needed somebody? I have. Get there a lot. It's called the body of Christ. And we could talk about that all day. We won't. So God promises here in the scripture we read to take care of us. You know, he talks uh, there in verse 26. The very few birds go into the farming business. Have you ever noticed that? Birds don't farm. The birds don't worry about the worms. The Bible says that God feeds them. How much va more valuable are you and me than birds? Millions of birds. We're valuable. We're his creation. We're his child by faith in Christ. And in verse 28, it says, then here, don't worry about what you're going to wear. You know, a lot of times we worry about that. I mean, it's kind of a Western world. I, I promise you other parts of the world aren't as concerned about what they wear as much as we are because we're concerned we want to make a fashion statement. I'm definitely there. I just wrote this thought. <coughs> Excuse me. Worry less and trust him more. Worry less and trust him more. Really, the, the focus, the crux of this passage is cast my worries on him. Don't worry. Trust. Worry. Trust. Worry. Trust. Which one did I choose? Do I choose to embrace my trust and my confidence in the Almighty God and His provision and His sovereignty and His grace and His goodness? Or do I tend to say, well, God, I just want to worry about it. In Isaiah 26.3, this is one of my favorite verses in this prophet. And he says, He will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. As you and I learn to meditate on his word, as we begin to lift our focus up to Jesus Christ, and we make him our devotion, we make him our heart, we make him the subject of our adoration, and we set our minds, God promises in Philippians 4, here in Isaiah 26, he whose mind is steadfast on you, I will do what? I will give you much anxiety for your soul. That's not what he says. He says, I'll give you peace. Just a thought this morning. Are you worried? Are you concerned? And the truth is, we've already admitted a lot of us are worried. It's probably because there's a lack of trust. There's a lack of setting our mind. Yesterday, 
I had this window where I went off for about 30 minutes and just sat in the presence of the Lord. It was later on in the day. A lot of stuff happened. Hannah graduated from university on Friday. A great hallmark in our family, and we were just thrilled. And yesterday, just getting along with the Lord and casting my burdens upon Him. And this is so much in my spirit because I've been studying this all week. And man, just the overwhelming peace of Jesus came over me. It just says, I am in control of the future. I will guard your heart and I will lead your steps. Does anybody need to hear that besides me this morning? Because some of you are fretting about the future that it's probably not going to happen anyway. And it might happen and in some things you can't do anything about it anyway. And yet God wants to do something for us here. Look at the next point. Reduce your anxiety as you find strength. Find ways to lower the anxiety level in your life. Now, if you've got young kids, that's really hard. And if you've got teenagers, it's impossible. <laughs> I'm sorry, teenagers, I just threw you under the bus, but that's just the way it is, okay? Listen to Isaiah 46.10. <clears throat> I make known from the end, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. God's purposes will not be thwarted by man, and God's purposes will stand forever. Amen. And God, I trust you. I don't know what's around the bend, and neither do you. But I know who's in the present. He's in the past. He's in the present. He's in the future. And I know I have a future and a hope, and you do too, in Jesus Christ. And that's all right there. Because, I mean, right now, guys, let me tell you, when I saw what happened here politically with our president, let me tell you, guys, that is just wrong. That's just sin. I pray for him. We need to pray for our president. The Bible says pray for kings and rulers and those in authority. But when we contradict this word, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I'm going to call it sin. How about you, church? The marriage covenant is for one man and for one woman. I just got to say it hard. I am, I'm embarrassed some of these preachers are getting on TV. Well, I don't know. I want everybody to be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. I go, you fool. Man, God has spoken. Amen. Man, I love the homosexual community. I'm crazy about them. But for us to think that, oh, I, I got to get back to the text. I'm sorry. I, just, yeah. I wasn't here last weekend. Okay, here we go. Sorry, guys. I'm going to trust God. How about you? Because people are like, Pastor, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think our nation is going to fall off in the sea? I don't know. I'm going I'm to love God. I'm going to believe God for the remnant of believers, and he'll continue to have grace and mercy on America. That's what we need to do, church. Okay, let's get back to the notes. Okay, so make you know a day of worry. You know what I've learned about worry? Worry is exhausting. Man, it just drains you. You have no joy. Uh, I'm going to ask y'all, y'all ever wake up and worry? And man, you're just like, man. And then you turn on the TV. You know, you know God, I really, it's really a sign that God probably wants to speak to you. And then you go there and you turn on the TV. And, man, if that didn't make you even worry more, because, you know, they, man, have a body like this, do this, all these info commercials. Like, man, this makes me want to worry or take something to go back to bed. Okay. Just write down the word, give God total trust. <coughs> Excuse me. Give God total trust here. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious about nothing, about anything. Lord, I, I throw it on you. Paul is tied to a guard with impending death. And he's not worried. He pins these words. I'm not worried. I trust God. I'm like, oh, Lord, that's a great verse here. And anxiety means uh, 
that I'm severely distracted. I'm severely divided against the things of the kingdom, and God wants us to get it right here. Uh, we go to the doctor. <clears throat> you ever got any bad news at the doctor? Sure. Some people have died. Some people find they have levels of cancer and they have disease. And, and those things cause great anxiety. I'm not trying to minimize that. But God would call us, cast your care on Him. Cry out to Him. Refuse to worry. Pray. If we spent more time praying than we did worrying, we would find peace. And the church said. So this week, tonight, when you wake up, next week, next Thursday, when you're just worried and you're contemplating, I'm speaking to myself. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this over and over. I need peace. I need to pray more. I need to get focused. I need to not fake it, face uh, or focus on the uncertainty of tomorrow because I don't know what's tomorrow. But I know who holds today. I know who holds my future. Let's look at the last one. Rest in the Lord. Just rest in Him. And let His peace begin to fill you. Psalm 37, 4. I love the Psalms. I, I read through them all the time because I just find joy for my soul, for my journey with my God. And in Psalm 37, 4, it says, Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. But I will take my delight in Him. Not in the pleasures of this world, but God, you are my refuge and ever-present help in times of trouble. God, I run to you. You're a fortress. You're a strong tower. And God, I cannot be crushed. I will not be separated from the love of Christ by running to you. So I'd say this, give God your troubles. Just roll them on to God. Give God your thanks. Just write down, because I've got to move on quickly. Psalm 107, write down Psalm 107, verse 8. I learned something in study for this message, and, and I, I just learned it, and I can't wait to start it. And I want to know, are y'all up for a challenge? How many of you want to take a challenge with a pastor? Okay, we're going to start giving 20% of our income. That is so cool. I'm, no, no, that wasn't it. This challenge is not going to hurt you, but this challenge could change your life. As I was studying about Jewish culture, I learned something that I didn't know. Although, when I was in Israel in 99, I noticed that the Jewish community and so many people there, they get married like every day of the week, but they have lots of weddings on Tuesdays. Now, when do we have weddings? We have weddings on Saturday, and when we got married, we had Friday nights, and that's kind of making a comeback, but Fridays and Saturdays. But there, they get married all the time, but they like Tuesdays. And as I was studying this, I found something. I want you to just write down Genesis 1. You have to go read it for yourself. But it's a fascinating concept. And we're going to call this Thankful Tuesdays. I heard about this guy. He says, we celebrate Thankful Tuesdays in our life. And here's what a Thankful Tuesday is. I will not ask God for anything. All I do is I will thank Him for all that He's already done. I will thank Him for everything that He's doing. I will thank Him for His provision. I want to know the double blessing of God. And here's the thing. And, and, the, and the Scripture says, it says there... On the uh, second day, there was nothing good. The second day was Monday. Something has never changed. Mondays are just not good sometimes. You know what I'm saying? But it, then he goes on to say, but then on the third day, it was good. It was twice as good. And I'm saying, I want you and me to participate in the double blessing on God that we begin to celebrate you know, these thankful Tuesdays. How many of you would take on the thankful Tuesday attitude and you just begin to thank God all day on Tuesdays? Well, you know, okay, well, yeah, a lot of your hands are going up. And I'm going to run from the rest of you because we are going to have more fun. 
I'm just thinking, God, over, over this next year, when our faith grows, our worries shrink. When your worry quotient begins to shrink, your faith goes up. I would say this, we've got to learn to begin to worship through our worry. That's why I love praise and worship. That's why I listen to it all the time. That's why we started a church like this 16 years ago, because we see the power of the gospel. We see the validity of these contemporary relevant songs that just speak to our hearts and encourage our hearts and send us forward. So we have, uh, but you know, we all have marketplace worries, and you can decide to just focus on those, or you can begin to join this thankful Tuesday movement, or you can just begin to say, God, I trust you. Let me turn to another passage. Turn over to Isaiah real quick. I did this passage a few weeks ago, but it's just, it's good for today. We need it. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. Only in returning to me and resting, here's that theme, resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength, but you would have none of it. God is inviting (coughs) you and me to rest in him. The Father of heaven is inviting us to participate in the presence of Christ and to have this joy and to to know God is to know peace. But to to worry is to add to the demise of my soul. But to cast it off on Jesus is to subtract the worries of this world and begins to give me more of the presence of God. Worry is just an excessive emotional concern that gets us nowhere. And across the bottom it says, to worry is to doubt God. Craig Rochelle wrote a great book called Christian Atheist. Kind of an oxymoron, right? And as you look at this, if we worry, we really say, God, I believe, but I don't really believe you. And this morning, I'm praying that God will start a revolution in my heart and your heart to not worry. Worry is not an option for the worshiper of God. If you and our I claim to be a worshiper of Jesus, if we claim to be a follower of the Most High God, then worry is not an option. We have to begin to learn how to say, God, I'm going to worship through that. I'm going to begin to move through that. So the application here is very important. We worship through the problem. We just worship him. We honor him. We praise him. And then he throws down the peace. So in verse 34, he would say, live in the present. Here's kind of the closing word to you this morning. Learn with me to live in the presence of God, to live in the present day situation. In 1 John 4, 17 from the message, it says this. This way love has run of the house, but comes at home and mature in us so that we're free of worry on judgment day. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ. Jeremiah chapter 17, 7 through 8. But blessed is the man who trusts me, God, the woman who sticks with God. They're like trees replanted in Eden. They're putting down roots near the rivers. Never a worry through the hottest of summers, never dropping a leaf, serene and calm through the droughts, bearing fresh fruit in every season. And then Matthew 6, 33 and 34, which is our text for today. I want to continue with Eugene Peterson's idiom of the message of the rendering of this scripture it says it a little different than i read it to you from the nlt or you read it in the niv or you read it in the new american standard i want you to hear these words steep your life in god reality god initiative god provisions don't worry about missing out you'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met give your entire attention to what god is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may 
not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. That's the kind of God we know in Jesus Christ. Whatever comes, he will be with us. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me.